Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That's the show that just, it just started it all. So, so from that point forward, I was like, Hey, you know, there's that band Jawbreaker on that tape. What else do you got? And he just, you know, he gave me everything he had. And uh, that's where it all started. This week on the Adulting Well podcast, we have Mitch Hobbs, the mystery second guitar player from Jawbreaker's Dear You tour last year. Not only is Mitch a great guitar player, he's been touring and doing guitar tech for Blake since they reunited in 2017. Mitch is also a dad and an incredibly great guy. We thoroughly enjoyed talking with him and we hope you enjoyed the interview as well. Thank you very much for listening. Hello and welcome to the Adulting Well Podcast. I am your co-host, Pepper, and I am joined, as always, by Kevin. Kevin, how are you? As I was saying before we started, I'm having a pretty good day. I'm having Mm. a pretty good day, and I have to admit, I'm really excited to have Mitch Hobbs on the show. We became friends when we were both working for that one band that we tend to meet a lot of people through and uh, called Jawbreaker, and... Mitch, I find to be both an interesting and really great guy. And so I'm super excited to have you here, Mitch. And I, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to like mess around much. So let's get you talking about kind of who you are and, and maybe a little bit about your past bands, because you are kind of the mystery man to a lot of Jawbreaker fans. (laughs) Yeah, that's, that's for sure. Uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm Mitch Hubs, uh, grew up in, uh, Central Valley of California and uh recently moved to Connecticut. So uh but uh you know the the main part I guess was um you know being good friends with Sean Bungarner. Um and Sean had been working with Adam and and the guys uh prior to the 2017 uh reunion. And uh Sean's like, hey, you want to get together and and help out the band so we did um had you heard yeah, of jawbreaker before that i i <laughs> did so in i don't know probably 93 i had a friend from grade school that uh-huh. was like hey you know check out this check out this mixtape i made you know and uh it had everything in grade school minor. well so i was this was 93 so uh i was going into my senior year in high school Oh, okay. Okay. And, uh, so I, I knew this kid in grade school and sure, uh, we sure. hadn't hung out much, but, um, he gave me a tape and it had everything on it from like minor threat, uh, job box. It had, you know, just great stuff on it. And, uh-huh. you know, the one thing that stood out was jawbreaker. And I was like, wow, this is, this is different because, you know, I, I mean, at that point in 92, you know, I'm, I, I'm still kind of into heavy metal. Um, mm-hmm, but you know, mm-hmm. you're always looking for something else and, you know, most of my friends were into heavy metal. Um, but you kind of felt like, Oh, well, there's something, there's gotta be something else out there. And when he gave mm-hmm. me that tape, it really opened my eyes. I was like, Holy shit. This is, that this was is- the one that was your like <laughs> yeah. door. Yeah, That was the, uh, that was the end. I mean, and then, you know, not too long after that, you know, him and I, and my brother, uh, Mark, um, you know, we went to a Gilman show. We saw Rancid for the first time. And oh yeah, like at, I might have played that show. 
This is Mitch. This is my era. This is the right yeah. when I was in high school, started We're, going to Gilman. So this is yeah, really was, nostalgic for me. Did, was yeah, a veil so on that like, bill by chance? Uh, it was. Uh, so the, the bill was uh, the Hellbillies, oh, nice. AFI, <laughs> Rancid. Oh, and Total Chaos was on that bill too. Amazing. God, yeah, it was an amazing Gilman show, bill. and uh, that that's the show that just. It just started it all. So, so um, nice. from that point forward, I was like, hey, you know, there's that band Jawbreaker on that tape. What else do you got? And he just, you know, he gave me everything he had. And uh, that's where it all started. Nice. <laughs> so, nice. Um, yeah. Well, you, you've played guitar for a long time, right? I was. I was, you know, I was in, I started playing guitar. Well, I started playing bass guitar in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, in and a I band or just in your bedroom or what? Well, yeah, I started in a bedroom and then like, you know, my good friend Paul Romito had a guitar and he's like, hey, you should get a bass. So, yeah. you know, so I, I got one and, you know, we jam out in his room at, you know, 13, sure. 14 years old. And uh, did you name yourselves something cool? No, we didn't. <laughs> I wish I wish I could say we did. But then when we were like, we were all seniors in high school and uh we put a band together so it was me and my brother um that kid paul and then my friend jeremy and my other friend josh and we're like hey let's do this let's put a band together um and so you know we did a couple local shows you know played at the high school you know things like that so it didn't really really go that far but i mean what an experience i mean I, i can't think of anything better as being a kid and trying that out for the first time because it's like, you know, mm-hmm. there'd be nights where you just sit there and you'd be like, oh my God, how do I write a song? Like, what do I do? <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. am I doing this right? You know, so um, it, that's where it all started. And then sure. uh, that was short lived, but uh, it was good. And then right what, after what high school. What town did you grow up in, Mitch? So I grew up in a town called Manteca, which is, yes. uh, you know, Spanish for lard, which, you know, <laughs> out in California. Mm-hmm. There's all those great Spanish names for all the towns everybody lives in. The one we yep. lived in happened to be Lard, which is kind of <laughs> kind of funny. Yeah, but, um, I'm, yeah, I'm familiar so, with that area. So yeah, yeah, the good the Central Valley of California. They they used to have the greatest water slide park ever. Ever Oakwood Lake. Yep, and the most dangerous probably in the in the nation <laughs> at different times. Very dangerous. They uh, they also had an amphitheater that had bands come through every once in a while. And yeah. uh, the first show I ever got to see was Striper. They played what? Uh, what? the Oakwood uh, Lake Amphitheater. It was incredible. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> but you did play in some bands that, that, that actually played out and, you know, right? You, you did some yeah, more I did. stuff. So I was in a band uh, for a while called the, the Plastic Cats. Um, that was like in the 2000s. Um, mm-hmm. I did that with a couple of buddies and, you know, we got to go on a couple of trips and, uh, you know, a couple little tours and those were fun. And then most recently I was in a band called Judith and hollow furnace. I yeah. guess technically we're still together. Um, we haven't officially broke up, which is nice. Cause we still, we'll still write music and send it back and forth to each other. So, which is, which That's is awesome. good, but yeah, I mean, the, the hard part is, you know, I'm on the East coast and then my, my brother who's in the band, he's in San Francisco as well. Um, mm-hmm. And then uh, Chris, who's the singer and the uh, guitar player in that band, he lives up in Seattle. So okay, uh, makes getting together a little bit harder, but you know, it's still fun. You get the same. Are you playing bass in that band? No, I play guitar. Okay. So and I switched to guitar um, probably when I was like 18. Um, there was a band uh, that I was in for, for a while called the green beans this punk rock band with my friend Nathan <laughs> and nice. uh, their guitar player had left and I'd been to a bunch of their shows and he's like, any chance you would want to do this? He's like, would you like to do it? I'm, I'm like, yeah, sure. Why not? And he's like, okay, great. He's like, we're playing a show tonight. So if you could learn like <laughs> six or seven songs, that'd be fantastic. <laughs> we did. <laughs> so <laughs> we sat in my, my bedroom for a couple hours, learned those songs. And that's, that's, uh, that's been my, uh, my instrument of choice. I How guess, many bands have you joined after they had already formed? 
Uh, so just that one. Okay. And then uh, right. everything else had been, you know, stuff that we had planned out and put together ourselves. Hoping so. I could find some trend through yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what instrument did your brother play? Uh, so he, it was funny because when we were in high school, we were in the metal band together. I played mm-hmm. bass and he played guitar. And okay. uh, when, uh, when I joined the Green Beans, uh, mm-hmm. they had originally asked him because he played guitar and he's like, man, I don't want to do it. And I'm like, <laughs> I'll do it. <laughs> so then we just kind of made the switch. And, oh, nice. Uh, yeah. So my brother started playing bass and then that's where we just kind of swapped gear and we're like, all right, this is it. So nice, kind of nice. nice. <laughs> so um, at some point during all this, you met your wife and you guys started having a family. I mean, we did. So, and this we is kind of what our, a lot of what our show is about is just talking about the challenges and beauty of, you know, of adulting, I guess, but more so yeah. like, how do you kind of navigate it with, you know, you're trying to play some music, you got a job, you got a wife, you got kids, you know, yep. like what, talk to us a little bit about, you know, your experience and your relationship and your kids. And I, you know, I, I follow you on Instagram. So I love seeing pictures of your, your kiddos. They're so cute. Yeah. Yeah. Having kids definitely changes everything. It's uh, yeah. it's uh, funny. I mean, shoot, getting married changes everything. The, yeah. the great thing about when I met Rachel was, you know, we had a common love for music. So, um, you, you know, my buddy, Anthony and Scott, they were the ones that set me up with her and they're like, Hey, we know this girl. She's really into music. Um, you know, I think she likes all the same bands you do type of thing. Um, and so that's how we hit it off. So, you know, nice. and, the, and the great thing about all of this is, you know, she, at one point in her life, you know, she massively in the hardcore, she grew up on the East coast. So she was, you know, with the school oh, in New nice. York and um, all that stuff. So, um, you know, she was in the, you know, sick of it all snap case, like great bands like that. And, you know, at, at one point she lived at equal vision records, um, mm. and was, you know, doing stuff like that. So she's was totally immersed into the scene and, and doing stuff like that. So when we got together, it was like, Oh, this is, this is great. Share this great love of music. And, um, and it's funny cause you know, throughout everything that's happened, you know, especially with like the jawbreaker stuff, you know, when Sean was like, Hey, you know, would you want to be, you know, roadie or guitar tech for jawbreaker? And she's mm-hmm. like, you're doing this, right? <laughs> you know, there was no question. There was no question right. in her mind. She's like, this is like, you got to do this. And so right. these are, you know, it's been a beautiful thing because, you know, there's never been like that question of like, Oh God, how are we going to make this work? She's just like, yeah, just you got to go do this, um, which has been fantastic. And my kids that have been really stoked on it too, because, you know, my, my girls are six. I have six year old twins yep. and, you know, they're starting to get to that age where, you know, they really like music. Um, mm. Unfortunately, it's not always the best stuff, <laughs> but you know, <laughs> yeah, well, or, you, know. you know, we listen to a lot of, uh, we try to get a lot of good music in the car, but then it's like, you know, hey, can we listen to Kids Bop? <laughs> you know, yeah, so we get a lot yeah, of yeah. pop music in there. But it's fun because you get to see them kind of do those things, you know, like yeah. experience music and, and learn about stuff. And when they came out to the Jawbreaker shows, they got to see, you know, the Linda Lindas and Jawbreaker. And they're just like, holy crap, this is, they had a blast doing it. I so, bet. I bet. Yeah, it's My been, daughter's it's been growing awesome. up around it. So, yeah, you know, when I was a kid, I, I grew up in a really religious household, right? So right. music was kind of one of those things, like, if it wasn't, you know, being played at the church, you know, it was, you know, I was sure. hiding my, you know, my Motley Crue, my Metallica tapes underneath the bed, you know, so mom wouldn't find them. <laughs> so it's an, it's an interesting dynamic because I'm like, for me, I'm like, I want my kids to experience all the music. Like, it doesn't matter right. if they like the pop music or you know, whatever they want to get into, I'm totally okay with because, you know, they're going to, they, they're going to find their own way in, with music. Um, but it's, it's awesome to get to see them like kind of start this, you know, they want to go yeah, record. They want to do, you know, all those things where I'm like, yeah, let's do all of that, <laughs> you know? Yeah. 
What a so, what genre is Jawbreaker? Well, I just I, I, I heard you mentioned pop a lot, and I thought, oh, Jawbreaker is pop, and then I thought, no, wait, no, Jawbreaker is hardcore, and then I thought, oh, no, wait, <laughs> Jawbreaker is <laughs> something you know, it's else. Funny because people, I, I, I guess, with everything, I've always considered them to be like a punk rock band. Right, because yeah. they kind of mm-hmm. don't fit into the norm of of whatever pop or hardcore, whatever it is. But they have they share all the aspects of those, you know, those genres. Um, sure. And back in the day, when you're trying to, you know, you try to get people into Jawbreaker, they'd be like, "Well, what kind of music is it?" You're like, "Well, just listen, <laughs> you'll love it." You know, yeah, totally. So, yeah, right. I, I mean, they yeah. they are hard to categorize. They right, because when I say they're punk, that also doesn't quite match, you know, the expectations that that maybe someone has when they hear that. Even though I'd also consider them just a punk band, um, right? I remember one time at, I was probably eighteen. I had uh, it's eighteen or nineteen. I had twenty four hour, and I took the work and I gave it to a guy to let him borrow it, and he brought it back the next day. And he's like, Ugh. he's like, I hate British music. And I'm like, what, what? He's like, yeah, I don't like British bands. And I was like, yeah, they're not British. They're from like the Bay Area. And he's like, yeah, I'm not into it. I'm like, wow. <laughs> yeah. So it's funny wow. how they could just, they could be different things to different people, which is great. Yeah. I there also aren't maybe something that is immediately accessible because I didn't like Jawbreaker at first. Um, right until i had spent some time with 24 hour actually and then kind of worked mm. my way back but sacrilege, sacrilege. well it depends <laughs> when you, it's wherever you enter right that's your yeah yeah point. totally i mean i you know in, in all fairness my introduction to them was from my brother he had the world in shreds compilation volume two and that was the first version of shield your eyes and i thought it was a great song but i thought there was actually better tracks on that particular compilation because i was a huge crimson fan at the time when they were Mm -hmm. on that comp but you know i bought the busy seven inch from adam like right after that record came out when they played at the women's building and that was kind of it i was like okay i'm hooked but um you know i think it's interesting your stories about your girls too you know my my daughter's grown up around music and always taking her to shows and you've met yeah. her, Mitch. I mean, yeah, you know, yeah, she, she's grown up around you guys in many ways. And, and, um, because this has been going on for a while now, I mean, this is, you know, 2017 and now we're, we're, you know, it's 2022. So she's, you know, she's going to be 14 in November, which is hard to believe. <laughs> that's crazy. Um, uh, yeah, you that's... know, and, and, you know, just a baby, it seemed like when we were coming at first to, you know, like bottom of the hill and, coming right. to the festivals and stuff, but um, you know, it's, I I'm finding myself much more tolerant of other kinds of music because of her, because she, you know, she wants to listen to what she wants to listen to. And, but I can still right. sneak in bikini kill and I can still sneak in, you know, uh, bands that I like and she'll like, as long as I'm not like being kind of the radio, like, you know, like a fascist about it, she'll, she'll listen to the stuff I listen to too. So, <laughs> right. you know, and we agree on like eighties, like, British, like, like, you know, sort of new wave music too. Like she actually really likes like some of those bands that came out of like, like Depeche Mode and The Cure and stuff. She'll listen to all that stuff. Right. So it's like, you know, as long as I'm not being like a hard ass about it, I find that like, she's more into, into stuff. You know? So yeah. I just got to temper my, you know, cause I like, I'll listen to the same music I listened to, you know, in the early nineties for the rest of my life, if I could and, and <laughs> you know, not, not expand yeah. my horizons, but you know, it's, <laughs> it's good. I mean, I think that's one of the, the fun things about having family around, you know, is you just never know what they're going to introduce you to, you know? Right. And, um, but so, you know, you, you know, you've, you're working, you got kids, you know, you got a lot going on obviously. And you guys are, you're doing shows, but they're kind of sporadic with, with jawbreaker, um, you know, they, well, they how, did type- that, how did that start though with practicing and everything? I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind hearing a little more about. Well, like, that's what I was about to get into is, you know, oh, I'm sorry, sudden, Kevin. Well, no, because it was, you know, it was like basically one day Mitch is, you know, the guitar tech. And then all of a sudden you're like showing up in Instagram posts of them rehearsing for dear you on the stage with the guys. 
Right. So I think that's what Josh was getting at. Like how, how did that happen? And, and talk a little bit about what that felt like being such a, also a fan of the band. Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, it's, it's weird because it's still like, it's still like one of those things that it's, it's weird that it happened. Right. For all of them. <laughs> so being a, such a huge fan of their band forever, you know, when they broke up, it was like, ugh. Like, how could this happen? You know, up until, you know, 2017, 20 or 2018, when, you know, they asked me to go out on tour with them to be their guitar tech. Um, I was like, pinch me, you know, this can't be, this can't be real. Um, and then, yeah. So like, you know, with the pandemic, like, you know, all those great shows that they were starting to put together and they just didn't happen because of the pandemic and, um so you know late last year you know just talking with sean because you know sean and i've been friends forever and he's like yeah i think i think shows are going to happen probably you know in the spring i'm like oh that'd be fantastic that'd be awesome um you know then adam of course you know texas like hey you know we're putting the shows together are you in absolutely i'm in and then you know, then I get an email from Blake and, you know, the gist of the email is, hey, Adam and I have this idea of you coming up and playing, you know, five or six songs. What would you think? And I remember like looking at my phone, like, you know, blinking a couple of times. And then I went in the bedroom and I showed my wife and she looks at it and she's like, Oh, you're doing this right and <laughs> i go i go how can i say no you know so wow. I, I mean just the fact that he even asked me was just mind-blowing because you know yeah I, i've been around the band for a long time and and uh you know i i play guitar you know so all those things make sense but you know in in your mind you start to question like wow there's like a hundred other guys that you could ask to do this but you guys asked me to do it so it was uh it was a fantastic thing for him to ask. And then, um, yeah, we just kind of put a plan together and well, the plan was learn all the songs. <laughs> <laughs> so that was, this was late January and, uh, I just started learning songs. So I just sat down on the computer and plugged in and put the headphones sure. on and started from, you know, track one. And I was like, all right, my goal is this. Let me just, try to learn a song a day. If I could mm -hmm. learn a song a day or learn it every other day, um, that way I'm learning a song, playing it the next day and then trying another song and then just keep, keep it rolling. <laughs> so that's basically what I did. So I had six weeks to get ready and, uh, you know, Blake and I had a couple of conversations about, you know, I was sending him tracks like, Hey, this is what I recorded. Like, what do you think? And the funny thing is because, you know, you guys have been around it seen the live shows like some of those songs they play a little bit differently than they do on the record so you're trying mm -hmm. to learn the record and then you start thinking you're like oh man i don't know if this is going to work so the great thing about you know having sean and and all that stuff i'm like hey send me all the live tracks that they played off dear you over the last three years and mm -hmm. then i'll go from there <laughs> you know so um yeah just having those resources was great because you know, Blake is such an, he's such an interesting guitar player. And because he plays things, even to this day, you know, just standing on the side of the stage, watching him play going, oh, I didn't yeah. know you played it yeah. like that, you know? And, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, plus he's left-handed. So you're just like, all right, let me try to revert this, like spin it around. Like, how would I play this right-handed? Um, so, yeah, so just trying to pick out all those, you know, those hidden tracks and those, you know, those buried tracks, those second guitar parts on, on Dear You. And I was sending him stuff. And yeah, would like, you well, do both? Would you learn both so parts? I, like, as Yeah, so I would just try to learn, like, the basics of that song. Like, let me play it all the way through. And then if I could play it all the way through, then let me go back and dissect it and try to figure out, you know, some of those parts. Um, and I would send Blake stuff. I would be like, hey, this is what I'm playing. Like, what do you think? 
Uh, right, right. And he would give some guidance from there, like, yeah, like, you know, I kind of play like the, that little lead part. So if you could play more of a rhythm part or, you know, you know, me singing, I can't really get this part. So could you do that part? Um, so it was, <laughs> it was, it was surreal in the sense because, you know, I'm like, holy shit, like these songs were the songs like, you know, I sat in my room when I was a teenager trying to learn. And now here I am, you know, 25, 27 years later going, oh, I'm doing the same thing I was doing when I was a teenager. I'm like, this is awesome. But I'm doing it for like, I'm going to actually play a show with Jawbreaker. I'm like, so this is weird. So, um, so yeah, so I learned everything um, and then uh, flew to Olympia because that's where they were mm-hmm. doing the rehearsals for um, before they hit the Seattle show. And we had two days of practice. And uh, it just oh, kind of wow. jumped in and just went for it. <laughs> so um, yeah. it, it, was a, it was a crazy experience because, you know, like, you know, my role is always just to be there, you know, make sure everything's working great and plugged in and there's any issues, you fix it. Um, and then when you're standing there, with a guitar in your hand going, holy shit. Okay. <laughs> don't mess this up. Don't, whatever you do, don't mess this up. And, uh, I think for the most part, I didn't, I didn't do too bad. So wait, do you yeah, have two I jobs mean, now or did they have get another guitar tech? They had two no, jobs. So I was doing both. <laughs> yeah. Which was awesome. It was, listen, I wouldn't have wanted that any other way. Like to me, yeah. I love like the whole aspect of like, you know, you always see the memes of like, you know, what it's like to be on tour, what people think of it, you know, what you think of it. And then, you know, mm-hmm. um, I love every aspect of doing that job. It's like one of those yeah. things where I'm like, you know, the bus stops or the van stops and you're like, all right, what kind of fucked up shit are we going to see <laughs> when we go, when we go in there, you know, cause you get, you know, every place is different. Um, yeah. You know, there could be power issues. There could be all these things. So you get everything set up, and it turns on, and you're just like, "That's fifty percent of your job right there." <laughs> so, um, yeah. But then getting you know, the then gear on stage in. and working. <laughs> yeah, you get on stage and you're working, and and then uh, you, you know you get everything plugged in, and then you know for the, for us and you know me and Hayes, uh, Corey, you know we're kind of like the the default band for Sean. Um, you know, for soundtrack right. before the guys get there. So, you know, we're, it was fantastic, especially this last run, because Hayes and I have always talked about it. We're like, oh, we should learn some Jawbreaker songs you know, when we get up there and play. Because <laughs> usually it's just a mismatch of, of whatever, you know, pick a chord and then yeah. we just kind of jam out on it, you know. So this time we're like, all right, let's, let's really play Jawbreaker songs. And uh, That's Corey awesome. was fantastic because she just jumped up there and she's like, She's like, oh yeah. And then she'd hammer out those beats and you're just like, this is fantastic. <laughs> so yeah. now I just got to, you know, learn how to sing and might help out a little bit. <laughs> what, um, I got to ask, cause you know, we're all kind of barrier, barrier adjacent growing up here. What was it like to play like multiple sold out shows at the Fillmore in San Francisco? That was that was fantastic because that was like uh you know like i had family there all my friends were there and then you know you're so the funny part with it is at that point it was still pretty new like everybody's like yeah who's that guy you know yeah uh the the funny part was the the first show in seattle um about five songs in i looked down and this guy's giving (laughs) the craziest look and he's looking at Blake and he goes, who the fuck is that guy? <laughs> you know? and then it was like, I was just like, you know, just kind of nod my head and you're just like, and so when you get through it, you know, and even, even in the Portland show, people would be like, like, who is this guy? And then in, in mm-hmm. San Francisco, it was funny. Cause after the first show, I got off stage and jumped down stage and, I was hanging out with my brother and, and my friends and this guy was just wasted. He was super wasted, but he, he locks eyes with me and he, he comes walking over and he goes, who are you? I go, I'm <laughs> and he goes, yeah. uh, where did you come from? 
<laughs> I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, he's like, he's like, that was crazy. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, thanks. Um, he's like, no, crazy in a good way. He's like, I, he's like, I didn't know this was happening. And I'm like, yeah, neither did I, you know? So it was, uh, it, it was a great experience for both of us, I guess, you know? I love that you get the drunk jawbreaker fan experience. Oh um, man. So many. I mean, well, and that was the constant question on the social media boards too. Like who's Mitch? Who is this guy? And you're I like, I texted I'm you after that on, show. Yeah, I'm on the boards. Yeah. I'm right here. It's me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've worked yeah, for them was... since they got back together. Yeah. Well, the question yeah. was, was like, Oh my God, is it this guy or is it this person? Did they get, who did yeah. they get? And then they're like, wait, well, Mitch. And they're like, <laughs> who's Mitch? And, like, and you know, cause I'm on the jawbreaker fan page on, on uh, Facebook. Yeah. And it was like, it was a huge thread Funny. going through and, and you're just like, yep. I'm like, Oh, I'm not going to say anything. I was trying to keep it a secret. Not that it was a yeah. secret or anything because they had posted oh, you know, the Instagram thing, but it was more like, uh, you know, I wanted to surprise a couple of my friends, but then it just got out. And then yeah, it was it like, got out. Well, because, you know, in the grand scheme of things, like, you know, I was practicing and we rehearsed and I played the shows. But up until that point, I was like, oh, my God, is this really going to happen? <laughs> I mean, I was standing on stage sure. in Seattle thinking, OK, I guess this is really happening, you know? Yeah. Sure. And then. The, those San Francisco shows were just, God, those were phenomenal shows. Jawbox, Team Dresh, just, I mean, just. Yeah, we've been, we've been talking to the Jawbox crew. We had Kim on and we're interviewing um, Zach and I, I just got in contact with Jay. So we're going to have all of them yeah. on um, yes. the show. But I will say those San we're Francisco interviewing shows. every band in history in alphabetical order <laughs> that's right wondering why right. yep so you know we're trying we're doing our best over here we're, we're trying to right. adult as well as we can yeah. um but I, I i've you know i've been to a lot obviously i mean a lot of their shows i've been to a lot of the reunion shows um those were really the sound was incredible the Fillmore yeah. it lends itself to good sound anyway because uh, it's such a yes. ridiculous venue yeah, but the the just the the sonic space that it filled up having a second guitar player on the Dear You songs mm-hmm. was totally like it completely changed the dynamics. Dynamics. It was rad. Live. It was you crushed and, it. And I love I love that people for most of the tour are like who the fuck is Mitch because they're used to pe- bands getting like heavy hitters. You know what I mean? Like yeah, that's what it like, was. Yeah, like like um you know the Flash. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, Jawbox, um, Brooks is playing from them now from what, yep. from War on Women, right? And like, yep. so it's like, you're, you're used to these bands, like, they're going to get a hired gun. You know, it's right. going to be somebody that they've like toured with. You know what I mean? Like, some, you know, like, oh, wow, there's Steven Egerton playing with, you know, <laughs> Jawbreaker. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. And people show up and they're like, I recognize that dude, but I don't know from where. Neither, yeah, <laughs> you know, little did they know they recognized you from your photo on Facebook. <laughs> right, right. Like, oh, that's good. Talks about gear all the time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's talk well, about it's funny because like pedals. Right, right. Oh, I, that's like yeah, the number one question. Like, what's the settings and what pedals does he play? You know, and <laughs> and I'm always happy to answer those questions. But it was funny because, yeah. you know, Jawbreak had went out with War and Women in yep. what, 2018 or 2019, um, you know, and then getting to meet those guys and, and talk with Brooks about, you know, all kinds of stuff. And then when he joined Jawbox, I was like, Dude, that's that's awesome. He's like, yeah, yeah. this is, uh, you know, that one of those things. And, you know, um, so it's just cool to hear his experience, you know, doing the same thing everybody's like who's that guy (laughs) you know (laughs) you know you know with brooks is i mean shit that guy warren women incredible band you know and they're out there making it happen and they're just yeah i mean that guy's everything (laughs) his style his uh you know his his amps you know his 
the guitar with the aluminum neck, you're just like, it doesn't get cooler than no. that. And then you mix that, that in with, guy ja, is an you know, Jabba. absolute ripper. I mean, he is yeah. so good. Like it's right. actually insane to watch yeah. him because again, it was a situation. I know they'd rehearsed, they practiced for a while, but it's not like he wrote those songs with Jay in the band and recorded them. I mean, right. this is like, you know, I mean, yeah. And he has a different sound, you know, right. than, than their longtime guitar player. And it just is, it was great. It was a phenomenal show. I mean, they're, they're another band that I just love seeing live. Just watching Zach alone is worth the, worth the price of admission. Cause he's just oh, totally nuts. <laughs> Absolutely. One of the best, one of the best drummers on the planet and does not get enough credit. You know, I'm really excited to interview him. Right. Oh, I mean, just being side stage, watching him play, you know, all those shows was just, it's such a highlight because you just, it's hard to take your eyes off of him because he just kills it every single time he plays, which is blood all over the snare drum. And (laughs) yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just fantastic. So yeah. what's, you know, we're, 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 um, we're going to, we're going to inch toward the 45 minute mark um, in a, you know, we got about 10 minutes. So talk a little bit about like what else you got going on. Cause you guys, I mean, big move to the East coast. That's a huge yep. move. Um, and I know your, your, your wife's originally, she's from back there originally. Right. Yep. Um, and so, yeah. you know, talk a little bit about that transitions. We joked about it at the beginning, but what, what's the transition been like for you and your family? I'm sure the girls are great because they're around family back there too, but what's it been yeah, like? They, uh, you know, the, the great thing about kids is they're pretty resilient. They're just, they just go with the flow. They're like, all right, this is what we're doing now. You know? <laughs> so, uh, you know, the move was, it, it was, you know, we moved here in 2020. So right at the height of the pandemic and it was, you know, once, once we decided to do it, you know, make the jump, we're like, all right, let's just do it. Mm-hmm. If we're going to do it, you know, that was the right time. Um, sure. So we packed everything up and, and moved across and it's been, it's been crazy because it's like, uh, you know, it's, you're kind of starting over, you know, I had, <laughs> when I had left California, I'd, you know, I'd been with my job for like a little over 15 years. Um, mm-hmm. we went through a massive layoff. That's kind of what sparked, you know, the move back. Plus the girls were going to be in school. Um, so it was, it was time. Um, and as, you know, as much as I love California, um, there was things I didn't like about it. You know, it was just living in the Bay area is yeah. tough, you know, and you're trying to, yeah. you know, raise a family in the Bay area. Um, yeah. it's hard, it's expensive, you know? Yeah. And so, you know, you start to think you're like, okay, well, well, what do I want to do? Um, mm-hmm. You know, because you get, you know, it's the double, you know, I was with that job for so long that it's just like, all right, this is it's going to be really weird to start over. Um, and then, you know, came out here and um, started working, a, I worked for a beverage company. Um, so I'm a, you know, I'm a warehouse manager by trade. <laughs> that's my, uh, sure. that's my official title. Yeah. Um, sure. for what I do. Um, you know, so I did that and it wasn't very nice. Um, it was, it was different. Um, it was a small yeah. company. It was, a, it was a startup, you know, so sure. going from the extreme corporate job to, you know, the little mom and pop job, um, was a huge transition. Uh, but sure. I did that for a year. And then once Jawbreaker called, um, and it was time to go on tour, you know, I did that. So now I'm, uh, you know, back in the uh, management game and, and uh, you know, just, just trying to do all the things that you do in suburban life. So, you know, we're in the process of trying to buy a house. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's uh, stressful. It's really stressful. It can be stressful. And, uh, yeah. and it's like one of those things, you know, 45 years in and you're finally starting this process, you're like, holy crap, this is what an adult you know, this is what being adult feels like. And it's a weird, yeah. it's a weird feeling, you know? Yeah. I think a lot uh, of our guests, I mean, definitely the hosts uh, are finding <laughs> mid forties, like, Oh, I probably should have been a little more mature in some areas. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, you know, it's funny. Cause you know, having kids later in life, I shouldn't say later in life. I'm, I'm still young. Um, Spring chicken. But you know, 
you know, I think about all the things like my wife and I did in my 20s and my 30s. You know, I wouldn't trade yeah. any of that for the world, you know. And then when you finally have sure. kids, you're like, you always think about it, like, God, I should have did this in my 20s. This is fantastic, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, but, you know, now it's like now you're just experiencing it and, and mm-hmm. trying to do all those things and trying to find a place, you know, where they have roots and, you know, this is where we stay. Um, right. It'd be good. You, you know, it's good for them. Um, yeah you know I'm it's a great not place it's part of the country to live in. it's beautiful in the fall it's been miserable yeah. this summer it's been so hot <laughs> and the humidity yeah the, the heat back there brutal. has been terrible this summer yeah but um but god it's beautiful here you know and yeah sure. my family's you know my wife's family's here and they're right. just fantastic people and i just yeah couldn't think of a better situation to be in you know that's yeah great. that's the amazing girls, you know you said you asked yourself, what do we need? And I think a lot of people kind of ask themselves that when yeah. COVID struck and I found, you know, some of us found we didn't need to go in to San Francisco to work anymore right. and kind of going like, we don't go out really anymore. So what do we need? We need coffee, right? Like mm-hmm. good coffee. And uh, yeah. And I live in Oakland. So we, we talk yeah. about probably a lot of the same things that you, you and your partner talked about as far as it being fantastic, but also a little rough, you know, a little hard yeah. to deal with sometimes. Cause it's a tough, yeah, it's a tough one. I mean, it's so expensive here now to live and you know, it's like the, the way the housing market is like we, we, if we sold our house in where we live right now, we wouldn't be able to buy anywhere really in the Bay area. I mean, it, because we just wouldn't have the cash to do it. Like we still have a mortgage right. and it's like, it makes it impossible because people are paying cash for homes here, you know? Yeah. And so <laughs> it's just like, there's no, there's no like re-entry into the housing market in the Bay area at this point. We're basically got, we're going to stay here. Or we're going to, you know, buy a place somewhere else and rent this place. We can't get rid of it ever. You right. know, it would be impossible. So um, you know, I or hear you leave I hear and never you. come back. Yeah, know, or like, leave and never come back. Looking which, at, like, yeah, and that's, is it that's worth going to Portland or whatever. But yeah, yeah. but um, you know, I think one one last thing I wanted to kind of cover because I you got you know along with like who the who the hell is this guy Mitch? Who the fuck is that guy? You got a lot of love from the fans of the Jawbreaker on this tour, like a lot, and people yeah. were like really stoked on the on the boards. It was like. Sort of this thing, I think, and this is not just like related to them. I think from as a as as people, a lot of people who listen to music also play music. And so the idea that a longtime fan slash somebody that worked for the band could suddenly be playing second guitar on this like monumental tour was sort of inspirational, you know? And <laughs> I, I just want to say like you know, watching this sort of formula, Rich Egan and I talk a lot. We're very close friends and, you know, Adam and I still talk a lot, even though I don't work with the band anymore. And, but the consensus was the way that you handled people and were like, kind of like the way you dealt with, especially like suddenly people being like, Mitch, Mitch, Mitch was really commendable, you know? But I also think you got a lot of love coming the other way. Like people that longtime fans were like super stoked to have that extra, on those songs oh jawbreaker sounded i mean i've seen jawbreaker you know since yeah. forever but they sound better better than ever you guys sounded better than yeah. I, I you've ever sounded it was so full and so good and so big on those songs that you you didn't get to have that dear you kind of bigness and those layers yeah. you know because dear you is right. one of those ones you can put on and there's just here a million layers in there and you're able to kind yeah. of do that live now it's fantastic so talk a little bit about those interactions because i know you had a lot of them on the road i mean people were like yeah no absolutely i mean you know everywhere you went you, you know you got all those things like who's this guy and like oh my god you're mitch <laughs> you know and it's just like you know, for me, I'm like, you know, I'm a really, I'm a, I'm just the type of guy that kind of keeps to himself, yep. you know, yeah. but, you know, sure. I like being out and, and mixing it up and, you know, I love meeting people. I mean, you know, meeting you, Kevin, I mean, it was just, you know, that, you know, doing those two shows at uh, Great American and, and uh, Bottom of the Hill, yeah. you know, when they first got back together was just. I was like, oh my God, you know, it was an eye-opening experience for me because you're like, holy crap, there's 
people that are out here that love it just as much as I do. Yeah. So when you get to have that interaction with somebody and, you know, they tell you those things, it's, it's just, it's awesome because, um, you know, you think about, I think about all the people that I've got to interact with over all the shows, you know, like Bill and Michelle in Chicago, yeah. you know, those like super fans in Chicago and shout out Bill and Michelle, you know, you get to hang out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're just fantastic. And then all the bands that you get, you know, you become friends with, you know, during the course mm-hmm. of these shows, like everybody in Pogo, I mean, just yeah. unbelievable. Those just genuinely awesome people, um, Warren women, you know, all those bands. And then you get to meet like, you know, I'm a huge fan of Jawbox. It's like, yeah. you know, you're meeting the guys in Jawbox and you're just like, you know, how do you, how do you play it cool and not be like super fanboy, but at the same time be like, oh my God. you know, Jay, Jay Robbins, he told me, he's like, he's like, yeah, he's like, uh, this Jawbreaker is like, those songs sound like really, really good. And I'm like, <laughs> and you know, you're just like, wow, oh, thank you. You know, wow. he's like, you know, you're filling it out. And, it's one of those things where you're just like, okay, this, this is, this is, that's an amazingly Um, powerful thing. Oh my God. What a compliment experience. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, well, it's one of those things you're like, you're like, okay, like you're not talking about me. (laughs) You know, it's, it's one of those things where you're just like, I'm just here to help. And, and I'm just glad I was able to do it because I mean, you know, you always get the, being the tech, you know, you hand out the set list at the end of the night and everybody's like, Mitch, Mitch, you know, give me the set list. And sure. you, know, you get to meet so many great people just doing that. Um, yeah. 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 And then just being able to talk to everybody um, after the shows. Um, I mean, it's just, it's just life changing in the sense. It's like, you know, how many cool people you got to meet um, and interact with. It's just, right. it, I don't know. It's just, you can't put words into it because it's, uh, it's fun for me and it's fun for them. Yep. Um, so everybody's just sharing that love of, with, you know, of that band. Um, and which I still do. <laughs> it's, you're like it's a crazy. superhero. <laughs> you you manage this warehouse by day and then you go out at <laughs> night and spread joy and to cheer right. and hope to all these people. Well, I, I mean, you know, I just tried to bring the PMA and yeah. But you did. And that's the thing. That's uh, kind of where I was going with the question. And I wanted to kind of like, that's why I wanted to wrap with this stuff is you did like you brought a really, and and I feel like that the circle is very tight already, but it felt like you kind of like, like allowed a little bit more, like kind of like joy on the end of it too. Like it, like it, your presence on stage, everybody that knows all you guys, and the people that I talked to at the shows were like, dude, Mitch is stoked. It's so awesome. Like, it's like, it oh, was yeah. so awesome <laughs> yeah. to see. And I think yeah. like for me, and this is again, not talking about a specific band that really brings the joy to music for me. When I see someone playing, regardless of whether I love what they're playing particularly, but they love what they're doing. And there's some bands right. that I listen to now that like, I wouldn't have given a shot in a million years in my late teens and early twenties. But when I've seen them live, they've been so amazing and their interactions with the audience and their sort of like just presence on stage brought a level of joy to the music that was like undeniable. And I think like, really that's like about as punk as you can get. Like you're up there just ripping it and just like so excited to be, (laughs) you know, just like playing the stuff you love. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, because that, that has, that takes the restraint out of music. You know what I mean? Like you're not doing it, Oh, absolutely. You're trying to sell a million records. You're up there because you simply love it. And yeah, you could have, there could have been a different vibe up there. You know, like it's, it could have been a more aggressive vibe or someone that had a, like a little more energy and it might've thrown things off. And I think you had kind of the perfect, perfect vibe up there. But yeah, I think, uh, I think after the first show, they, they, they get a, you know, they got a bad review and spin that was just like, it looks like these guys are just kind of going through the motion. I was like, well, I was scared shitless, <laughs> so <laughs> I was trying not to mess up. So that was that was my excuse. Um, Were you running you know. into rooms and like hiding the spin magazine so Blake wouldn't read it? Was it like a movie? <laughs> no. I think it came out the. I think he's the one that sh- he, he. I think it was it was either Rich or or Blake that 
um, talked about it first, and we're just like, "Oh, I gotta, I gotta read this thing." Yeah, and uh, it's a, well, and it's always it, amazing like, what those guys find I funny. I mean, we've had them all on the show, Joshua. You know, I mean, it's like, yeah, you just never know what the fuck they're gonna laugh at, right? Like, it's like anybody, right? Like, <laughs> right, you just don't know. Like, they thought the yeah. the the bootleg shirts that I bought outside the Palladium were hilarious. You know, I was pissed. But oh, they that was hilarious. Was, they they <laughs> like I bought one for Blake, and he actually took it home. You know, he thought it was funny. Yeah. So. Well, he, he did the same thing in LA. They bought one outside of, or no, maybe Rich got it for free. I can't remember, but I mean, he wore it through half the tour. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was awesome. <laughs> yeah. You know, so but that's the kind was, of stuff like it's you just can't. one of those things. Yeah. You can't. So yeah. What are your plans? You, are you going to continue to play music with your brother and do, do the band long distance? Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, shout out to your brother too. I, He's a great I still, guy. yeah. Shout out to my brother, Mark. Yeah, um, Mark's an awesome dude. Yeah. I mean, I still, I play music every day. Yeah. I try to play music every day and I try to write music as much as I can. Nice. Um, so, you know, and then, you know, I'm like that, that baseball player that's just trying to stay ready, you know, yep. that call up again. And uh, if jawbreaker needs me again, then I'm here for him. Yep. Well, so. it sound, sounds like it might happen. So, you know, more, more to yeah. be revealed <laughs> adulting well listeners. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, um, exactly. But hey, Mitch, this has been a pleasure. Like this time flew by and, you yeah, know, I mean, what, uh, you know, I'll talk to you anytime. Like when we run into each other, it's like, yeah, All right, better, <laughs> better pull up a stool. It's going to be a little while, you know? So I, I'm like, I'm <laughs> yeah. so excited that you agreed to come on the show. And we're, it's like, I feel like we're like revealing the real Mitch to all these people that got to see you play in these venues across the country this year. So <laughs> You know, I appreciate well, it. Yeah, thank you. When you asked me to do it, I was shocked. I was like, "What is? Why would Kevin want to talk to me?" Oh, come you on, know? man! <laughs> it's like you kind of because we need the everybody in the well, band. To I think come also, and, you yeah. know, I mean, yeah. it's it's just such a unique happening in the world of music when you know they're playing these multi sold out shows and they're like, "We don't want to go get a gun here, like a hired gun. We we want somebody that knows our songs, knows our sound, knows how to communicate with us." And like, that's the way music should be. Right. I mean, that those dudes are like a family. You, you just basically, they, they adopted yeah. a, another brother for the tour and it, it was just really, it was amazing. I mean, the whole thing was amazing beyond that. Yeah. Just, I find you to be such a, a likable guy and I enjoy the time that we get to hang out. So it's fun to have you on the show, just honestly. And this is what the show's about. So yeah. yeah. Thanks for no, doing it was, it. It was fun. And I appreciate you guys. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you very much for listening. We really appreciate Mitch coming on the show. Adulting Well Podcast is a production of DBI Media in association with Glassbox Media. If you have an opportunity, please go to your favorite podcast distributor and hit that follow button. You can support us on Patreon, Adulting Well Podcast, as well as visit our website, adultingwellpodcast.com. We're on all the socials, easy to find. Huge thanks to our amazing production team, Ford Shelberg for editing, Mason Ferris for keeping us together. We'll see you again next week. Thank you one more time for this.